This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers on the Gospel is for All radio broadcast brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ here in Tyler, Texas. We are delighted to be with you today and we're very grateful for those of you who are listening to us over the internet radio broadcast system. If you will, why not take your Bible and follow along with us today. We're studying and continuing to study Second Peter chapter 2. And the passage that we've been working on is verses 4 through 10. While you get your Bible, may I invite you to our spring gospel meeting at the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler. It begins April the 24th and will continue through April the 27th. That's a Sunday through Wednesday night. And we have Rick Brumbach from Austin, Texas, the Southwest School of Biblical Studies, is going to be with us talking about Christianity in a modern age. And if you've listened to our radio programs for any length of time, you know that that is a topic that we spend a great deal of time with, applying New Testament Christianity to the issues that we face at the present. And so I think that it will be a great time of Bible study and worship together. And we certainly encourage you to be with us for that special time of worship and study, April the 24th through the 27th a spring gospel meeting at the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler. That's a Sunday morning through a Wednesday night, right, Jim? That's right, Nat. Sunday morning through Wednesday night, there'll be uh, uh, Bible classes and worship service. And um, each evening, uh, we'll be studying the Bible, coming together as we do in a gospel meeting. Gospel meetings are always an important time for us. It's a time where we have a lot of friends, a lot of family, that come, a lot of visitors that come and be with us. And so when we have a gospel meeting, it's always exciting right. because it's almost like every meeting is almost like a homecoming to us. We uh, get together and, and we have a luncheon and that kind of thing, which I think you'll find to be uh, have a very warm and friendly invitation to be with us during that time. Well, you know, Jim, also it, it's one of those deals. Uh, one reason I love gospel meeting is it's not that all sermons aren't great. Jim has a lot of great sermons. Uh, but you're getting to hear a unique uh, discourse on on this subject from a gentleman that I mean he's firing on all cylinders on these those, these few nights. Uh, this is going to be the best of the best, and uh, it's going to be some some really good sermons to hear on this topic. So we'd encourage you to come and be with us. Oh, I agree. I think this is a special time of study. It is, and it's an exciting time, and so. Uh, especially the subject that we're talking about, and that's uh, Christianity in a modern age. You know, Nat, there are a lot of people who want to try to change New Testament Christianity and try to adapt it and reinvent it and re-engineer it in order to fit the social climate of the day. And you may be of that persuasion. And if you are, please come and be with us and consider the material that will be presented. And I can assure you that it will be a thus saith the Lord with every proposition that is offered What does the Bible say is always the overriding question regarding any issue, and we're always happy for you to ask us uh, that very question. What does the Bible say about this? That's a question I always invite. And so if you have that opportunity, come and be with us for our spring gospel meeting, April the 24th through the 27th. Now today we continue our study on this matter of can we have confidence in God's Word. And as I mentioned a moment ago, we're looking at Second Peter chapter 2, beginning at about verse 4. And I'll read just a verse or two about it and then continue from that. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast 
them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept under the judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And he continues on down through verse 10, and I hope you'll read that paragraph as we've been studying it together. But his point there is there is something in this life that we can depend upon, and that is the Word of God. Uh, you and I have been studying that for the last couple of weeks. We want to continue studying that today, and I hope that you'll follow along with us. There's a lot of insecurity in our world today. Our country right at the present is going through the throes of an election. We're going through a primary. We're going to see a general election later in the year. And we're going to be electing a president of the United States, which is the most powerful man in the world or woman in the world, if it happens to be that case this year. And uh, it is something that bears very serious consideration. Um, it is a matter whereby we see a lot of insecurity in this election. It's not really my intent to get into the specifics of any election. It's simply to, uh, my effort to point out how much insecurity there is with regard to our world, our culture, our nation, and everything in it. Uh, I remember speaking to an elderly friend of mine who had all of his uh, retirement invested in in a particular company, and the company went bankrupt and went wow. totally and lost everything. He lost mm. all of his retirement, and he was at an elderly age, him and his wife. There's no security in this life. No. I mean, you think things are secure, and we would think, well, the bank or the investment um, – the funds that we have invested in this particular IRA or this particular investment, uh, that's secure. But the Bible tells us even there, riches have wings. Right. They do fly away. Is there anything that we can be secure in knowing and have security in? And the answer to that is yes. We can have security in the Word of God and what the Word of God teaches. Yes. Now, we can have security in the warnings of God. We can have security in the promises that God has to offer, and God is making that very clear in the Bible passage that we've studied. Last week, we studied Matthew chapter 7 uh, in this regard about having security. Let's go to that passage in Ephesians chapter 2, Nat, and I'm going to suggest that you read for us Ephesians 2, verse 8 and verse 9, and, and we're still working on this um, particular concept of what can we have security in. And I think when we go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you're going to recognize this Bible passage. It's a beautiful verse. And Nat, go ahead and read verse 8 and 9 and then make whatever comments you sure. think will help us understand it better. Thank you, Jim. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with our listeners. And uh, once again, it's good to study this uh, idea of uh, being able to rely on trust in God and His Holy Word. Let's look at this passage in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 8 and uh, 9. Um, and we may go through 10 as well. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one uh, may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk uh, in them. You know, grace is uh, the unmerited uh, favor 
of God, uh, unmerited favor being grace. And uh, grace is something that uh, cannot be earned. It cannot be uh, bought. It cannot be, uh, there's nothing you can do in life uh, to be so good as to receive the grace of God because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we've committed one sin, uh, we are condemned, uh, condemned men and women. Uh, but we see here that uh, through our faith, uh, through our our faith, uh, and I'd, I'd go as far as to say our faithful obedience, if we'll read uh, in Hebrews 11, we see that faith uh, really cannot be separated uh, from obedience, that, that the two go together. If you have true faith, then you do what uh, God asks you to do. You have the obedience as well. But we see through this faith uh, in Christ that we have uh, grace. Uh, for those of us who have become children of God, uh, we can count on grace. And, um, you know, in this life, um, there's there's been a, a few people, Jim, in my life that that have loved me, I guess, in spite of my uh, my shenanigans and wickedness uh, as a young man and all. You know, I had a grandmother that couldn't see past uh, any of my faults. But even that had uh, its uh, boundaries or that had its limits. You know, there are things we can do in this this life that um, can uh, that be limited. There are the love or the 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 distance a person's willing to go with us can be limited by our actions. What the good we do, the bad we do in this life can be limited. But the grace of God is available for the vilest of offenders, the vilest of sinners, if he'll have faithful obedience uh, in God. Uh, that grace can still be applied uh, to the to the worst of us. Uh, like I said, there have been a few people that may have given me a benefit of doubt, but it wasn't gr this grace that we're talking about here. This grace is offered to everyone, can be counted on through the blood of Christ. That's so true, Nat, and... I think that's a wonderful thought. We really don't deserve it, but it's what no. we need. Yeah. And God gives it to us based on our obedient faith, as yeah. you brought out in Hebrews chapter 11. Why don't we, while we're here, uh, let's look a little more at Ephesians chapter 2 and and consider something that we can really have confidence in. We can have security in the grace of God. We can know that God is going to forgive us if we comply and yield ourselves to the will of God for our lives. Let's notice uh, a little earlier in the passage of Ephesians 2. Notice verse 4, but God being rich in mercy. I think that's where it stems from, yeah. the idea that God is rich in his mercy because of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And so even though we were dead in sins because of our free will choice to disobey God, we freely chose to disobey him and run against him. We were guilty of sin. Sin's missing the mark, you yep. see. That's the word sin, transgression. Uh, the word transgression might have a little different in meaning to it. Uh, iniquity, transgression kind of carries with it the idea of a broken bend. We, we went a different way. We went the wrong way, whereas the word sin itself, the Greek word harmatia means you've missed the mark. 
you shot at it and you didn't live up to God's expectation and what God required. We've all done that. We've all done that. We've freely chosen to do that. But even there, God was rich in mercy, as he said in verse 4. And he loved us and he gave us the opportunity, gives us the opportunity to turn from that wicked way and and be obedient to him and receive the grace that God has to offer, the forgiveness of sin. Now, Jim, you, you know, it's offered for everyone, as we've talked about, it's offered here, but is it conditional? You know, it, it, you know um, I think there's the idea today that this grace is for everyone and, and there's no no conditions that must be met. It's there for the taking. And uh, that repentance isn't part of that condition. And and like we said, obedience is, you know, that obedi- obedience is part of that faith that we're talking about. And so is repentance. Uh, an act of faith means that you have those things like obedience and repentance in your life. Uh, it, it is conditional. If we do, aren't, don't repent, we can't expect God to hold up his end of the bargain on the grace. And I think we ought to explore that a little yep. more, Nat, this matter of can we have confidence in that? Yep. Can we be secure in what God says about that? Indeed, yep. we can. And the point that Nat is making here is that there are conditions to receiving the grace of God. Yes. Uh, for example, you mentioned repentance. Luke thirteen three talks about that very matter. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, that's the teaching of Christ. He makes reference to it again in verse 5. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And then there's another statement by Paul in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 where he says, Now God commands all men everywhere to repent. Well, it makes it very clear that grace is available to all if they meet the conditions that God has stipulated. That's that's correct. Um, I might make this kind of condition. I'm not doing it, but I might make this hypothetically. I will give you $100 if you will come up here and receive it from me. I will give it to you if you will walk up here and take it from my hand. Yes. That would be a condition. Yes. Now, it's hypothetical. I'm not giving away $100 here, and I want everybody to understand that. <laughs> but the point that I'm making is there was a condition attached. It's still a free gift, That's right. but there are certain things you have to do in order to receive it. That's right. One of the things we have to do in order to receive the grace of God is repent of our sins. Yep. And that's not something you hear much about nowadays. No, yeah, As you pointed out, a lot of people want to talk about, well, it's there for the taking. It's there for everybody and any, anybody, but there are conditions attached Absolutely. to it. Absolutely, Jim. There's another condition attached to that. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Nat, I'll have you read that one okay. if you would. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, I think it's a condition yes. that God gives to the matter of uh, uh, grace. And you'll want to read this from the pages of the Bible. You'll certainly want to read it and mark it. Uh, and go back and study it very carefully. We're looking at Romans ten nine and ten. Now the question, overall question, is: Can we have can we have confidence in this? Yes, yes, we can. Yes. We can have confidence in what God says with regard to His grace. Go now, ahead, now, when we read this passage, we know uh, from uh, previous passages in Romans, such as Romans six, that we're talking to uh, Christians here already that have uh, been buried with Christ in baptism uh, in Romans six. But here's another condition of continuing to receive that grace. Uh, in uh, Romans ten nine and 10, it says, um, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. 
Now, that grace, you could say grace and salvation are, are very similar. But that, the, uh, the grace that we receive is our salvation. And, uh, but we see here another condition. Confessing Christ in our lives for him that he is the Son of God is uh, part of that condition. It's part of the, the one-time uh, confession we make uh, prior to our salvation. But it's also, it's a lifetime of not being silent about the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We must be, as Christians, uh, confessing to those around us through our life, through our lifestyle, uh, through our words, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's a condition to receiving that grace, uh, receiving that salvation. Surely so. You mentioned that about Romans 6. Why don't we go there? That'd be a good uh, I think it's a good point to go to Romans chapter 6. And I was thinking about verse 3 yep. uh, on down through verse 5. And I'll ask you to go ahead and read that for us, Nat. We're talking sure. about these conditions. The overarching question for consideration for the present is, can we have confidence in this? And yes, we can. Yep. There's a lot out there you can't have confidence in. You cannot depend on the ways of this world, the teaching of this world. And I'll tell you why. They'll they'll assert a certain position today, and tomorrow they'll change it. Yes. You know, one of the, the great things that we've been promised, Jim, grace, salvation, the resurrection, our, our resurrection, uh, bodily resurrection with Christ. Uh, and we see that here is a promise in Romans 6. Begin verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we sh- uh, shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Um, so you see this this passage, and uh, Jim, I want to be a part of that bodily resurrection with Christ. But I know it is contingent. It's a promise that 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 will take place. But that promise is contingent. That if I want to be raised like Christ and with Christ uh, uh, through my bodily resurrection, then I must uh, die and be buried with Him in baptism as as part of that condition to receiving that resurrection. Absolutely. Notice how he says it. It's interesting the way he phrases it. We're looking at Romans chapter 6, and that's read for us verses 3 through 5. But he says, now, do you not know? And the way he phrases that is you should already know this. This is something you should know. Do you not know? Don't you know this? Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In other words, I participate into the death of Christ. How can I do that? How yeah. can I participate in the death of Jesus who was crucified long ago by my immersion in water? Yeah. Uh, we were buried just as Jesus was buried. So we are buried spiritually in water, therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, and this is the point you were making, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, this is how we relate to the death of Christ. Right. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And that's the point you're making. Yes. So in order for me to receive the benefits of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, 
I must die, be buried, and raised again. And I do not do that physically. Now, it is a physical immersion in water, which the Bible is requiring, but it has spiritual implications for me. My sins are washed away. I receive the benefits of the blood of Christ. And the point that we're making is I receive God's grace, and I can count on that. You know, you made that point about the $100 in your hand, Jim. Yeah. You know, uh, Christ, uh, uh, God through his word has promised that uh, we can be resurrected, that 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 we can take a part of that uh, death, burial, and resurrection right here in Romans. And, and salvation's at the end of that. But in order to have that grace, that salvation that we've talked about, you've got to be willing to go, as you said, to that and take that $100, $100. These stipulations, if you want that salvation, well, there are stipulations, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Right, right. It's not um, It's not that that you had to do anything that, that, that anybody else didn't. It is offered to everyone. That salvation, that $100 bill had your name on it, and it was preserved for you. But whether or not you ever go and take a, uh, a hold of it, whether or not you ever go and claim it as yours, that's up to you. Yeah. Uh, but it's the offered for you. It's yes. offered for everyone. Yes. But it's up to you to enact that death, burial, and resurrection. The confession that we talked about, the repentance, all those things go together yeah. in claiming your salvation, being able to lay a hold of the grace and salvation that is offered through Christ. That is right. And just because I have to do something in order to procure the gift does not mean I have earned it. Right. It does not mean I worked for it. It's not like I went and mowed a yard to get $100. No. No. If I made an agreement with you for you to mow my yard, um, and I said, when you get the yard mowed, I give you $100. Yes. You've earned it. Yes. But this is not something we've earned. Right. Simply because there's stipulations that I have to comply with in order to receive it. Uh, another good verse along that line is Galatians chapter 3. Let's turn to that. I'm in Galatians 3, and I'm looking at verse 26 and 27. Now, this verse here, uh, another verse that we can rely on and depend upon, uh, is a passage that really is telling us how to become children of God and sons of God. Nat, if you'll read, go ahead and read 26, 27. Go ahead and read on through 29, yes. I think would be helpful to us. This is one of, Jim, I think when I became a Christian, this is one of the passages that helped me clearly see it, uh, the visualization, the, the putting on, that helped me really make the move and, and decide this is what I need to do because it, it, it's so vivid here and it tells you exactly what, what, how you get into Christ. Uh, Galatians 3, uh, 26. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're in Christ, uh, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. You know, prior to this time, Jim, uh, it was very difficult for a Gentile. You know, Gentiles didn't have the same route that the Jews had. Uh, the Jews were circumcised. They had to go go through certain um, uh, old law uh, commandments and things all throughout their lives in order to uh, be able to be children of, of God to stay to stay uh, in that relationship. But but when Christ came and died on the cross, it changed everything. 
there's no longer uh, Jew or Greek. There's no longer that great separation that had been there since uh, early uh, creation of man. It changed. Once we put on Christ, it changes all of that. We're all one if we put on Christ. We can all, it's all, it's for offered for everyone. That promise is for everyone. Everybody obeys the same God. That's right. Everybody stands on equal footing. Yes. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, whether right. you're a slave or a free man. Uh, everybody stands on equal footing before God, and when one obeys the gospel, he obeys the same gospel. Doesn't matter if you're yep. a rich man or a poor man. Yep. Everybody obeys God's word and receives God's grace. Yep. And you know, in the world we live in today, Jim, um, you hear about racism and, and uh, you hear about uh, women and men don't have anything equal in this world. You don't, you know, poverty and, and rich people, you know, the, all the differences that we have. In Christ, he's a great equalizer. In right, Christ, right, good point. we are good all point. one. And, right. and we come to him the same way the rich man comes to him, right. the same way as the poor man. Right. And there's no uh, distinction between the two in God. That is so true. It is. He is the great equalizer. Yes. Doesn't matter who we are, what we are, what we've done. And that's refreshing in this world today. Absolutely. It's something we can count on. That's right. It's something that we can realize I can count on being on equal footing with everybody else by being obedient to the gospel of Christ and becoming a child of God. And he tells us that. For yep. in Christ Jesus, now this is Galatians 3 and 26 again, you are all sons of God through faith. Now, here he tells us how. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You belong yeah. to Christ. Now, you know, I'm wearing a shirt today. Uh, this is the shirt of Jim Laws. That's right. It is my shirt because I purchased this shirt. Yeah. I am wearing this shirt. I have put it on. Yeah. And so it is with that kind of terminology and reference that as it is with the individual, Christ, we have put him on. Yep. We are a part of him. And that's his uh, way of telling us of our relationship with Christ. We're now in a new relationship with him. We are sons and daughters of God because of our being baptized into Christ. And the point of our study today and the point that we've been making for the last several weeks, you can have confidence in that. You can have assurance in the Word of God. Living in a world in which there is no security, there is total confidence and security in God and His Word that you can have forgiveness of sins and the grace of God based on obedient faith. Jim, this has been a good study. We're about out of time for this week. Um, you know, once again, the thing that God and Christ and His Word offers uh, humanity is, as Jim said, an equal footing to be able to be saved. You know, we all come to Christ on the same playing field, the same level. There's no richer, lower society. We can all come to Christ the same way. And in a world that has is going a thousand different ways, it's refreshing that we all come to God, come to Christ the same exact way, one way. Thank you for being with us. We hope that you'll join us again next week.